Daniel chapter number 8, we'll read verse 23 through 27. And whenever you found that, you could stand in reverence to the Word of God. Now I want you to pay close attention tonight. This deep scripture, if you missed Sunday night, you missed a blessing, uh, first of all, but you missed the first uh, part of this uh, lesson here. And we spoke on the rapture of the church. And I hope you've listened to it on the internet if you didn't get to listen to it here. Um, we'll start this second part here. <clears throat> Daniel chapter number 8 and verse 23. Everybody found your spot, say amen. 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 The Bible says, and in that latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding, dark sentences, uh, um, shall stand up. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper, and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. And he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. That's Jesus, by the way. Um, But he shall be broken without hand. Thank God. In the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true, wherefore shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted, fainted, and was sick certain days afterward. I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. I praise you. I thank you. I ask you, God, to help help your people here tonight, edify these saints that be one in here lost, God, that doesn't know you. Pray God you'd show them tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I, I'd say, uh, I'd say to say the least about scripture, uh, here tonight, the Bible is a complex book. Would you agree with me? It's a very complex book, uh, and this is very true when it comes to the means of prophecy. Prophecy, if you don't know what that is, prophecy is something, uh, that's up, up, up in front of us. It's future events, uh, in the Bible. We know this is future events in the Old Testament here, uh, of Daniel's eyes, and everybody has their, uh, re, uh, their opinion on how things will be in that day. Uh, uh, everybody has all that, but I would like to shed a little light, uh, on help, uh, uh on the on the means of prophecy because with, with all the different opinions that ha- are out in this world today uh, about prophecy whether you're predestination whether you're um uh, whether you're pre-trib whether you're mid-trib whether you're pre- uh, post-trib uh, meaning the leaving of the church and all that kind of stuff uh I'm a po- I'm a pre-trib type of guy amen we, that means we as the church are going to leave out of here before the tribulation ever begins uh praise the lord for that I'm glad but when there's so many, there's so much uh, different insights on prophecy today that what does that do? It causes confusion in the pews. That's what it does. It causes a bunch of confusion in the pews. I do not know uh, all the answers. I'll tell you that right now. I do not know every single one of them, but I am going to attempt to preach about several uh, prophetic themes uh, in God's Word, and I would like to present um, uh, these studies in in these studies in the way that God's prophetic uh, 
calendar is brought out in scriptures, uh, meaning that this is, I, I, I hope and pray. Listen, listen, I don't ever claim to be right all the time, uh, but I'll tell you is that I pray and I've studied over this and I believe uh, that how these studies are going to go out in the next few weeks, uh, I believe we got seven weeks is what I'm going to try to do. Uh, how these go out will be exactly how they take place uh, when the time comes. Last week we do the rapture of the church. This week we'll get into the Antichrist. Uh, um, but I am going to attempt to preach about those several prophetic themes in God's words tonight. Uh, and last time we looked in the rapture of the church, and today, uh, tonight, I would like to uh, I would like to preach on this thought: uh, the truth about Satan's. Uh, uh, superhero, the truth about Satan's superhero, um, the life and work of this person uh, who is known as the Antichrist. Uh, why a series on prophecy, though? Why should we preach on prophecy in this day as the church? Because we'll never be here. Why should we do that? Oh, I, you know, I would probably get asked that. Well, well, I simply want you to know what lies ahead. That's why. Amen. I want you to know what lies ahead. I, and I simply want to know what lies ahead. Amen. So, so I'm studying it and I'm trying to figure it out myself. Uh, also, I, I just simply wanted to know and want you to know tonight that time is short. Time is short and, and we need to know uh, what's taking place. The Antichrist uh, will be a powerful, he'll be a deceitful, he'll be an intelligent, he'll be a brutal, he'll be a ruthless, uh, he'll be a, a, a efficient type of person too, amen? Um, he, will re, he will represent the pentacle of all that man uh, can do apart from God, if you will. He'll represent that pentacle, that high place uh, uh, there when it comes down to it, uh, he will literally be Satan's hero. Superman, if you will. He'll be the Superman of Satan, the man uh, that can come in and destroy the world uh, as it sits. He'll go against Israel. He'll go against everybody around him. Uh, he'll be coming in saying, peace, uh, peace, uh, peace. Love everybody. Don't worry about anything. All you have to hate is Israel and the church, the people of God. That's it, but the church will be gone. But may, I, I'm not, never mind. I ain't gonna get in that, but he will literally be Satan's, uh, Superman, his superhero. And, uh, but let's see what the Bible says about, uh, the truth about Satan's, uh, superhero tonight. Uh, I'm gonna try to be fast, as I said, but I want you to understand it clear as day because it's confusing. Uh, it's very, very confusing scriptures. Uh, but I want the kids to even understand. Kids, you pay attention tonight. Uh, you need to know about this man by the name of Antichrist uh, that they call the Antichrist. Number one, we see in verse 23, and in the latter time of their kingdom, uh, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding, uh, dark sentences shall stand up, the Bible says. Uh, so firstly, we see the appearance of Satan's superhero. The appearance of him, our text tells us uh, that in the end times, uh, a fierce king will stand up. He'll stand up. Where will he stand up? I don't know. There's a lot of questions about that. A lot of people believe that he'll come out of the, the lineage of the, uh, of Rome. He'll come out of the Catholic Church. He'll come out of like the Pope type deal. A lot of people believe that. Uh, I don't really know where he's going to come out of a lot. I've heard Middle Eastern as well. I've heard a lot of different things, but, but what are the signs of his appearing? Can one know when he's going to appear? The answer to that is yes and no. 
Amen. The answer to that is yes and no. Uh, I don't think that any person can know exactly uh, when the Antichrist can appear upon this world or will appear upon this world. Uh, but the Bible tells us of certain events uh, or certain signs that will accompany the appearance of His. When He comes in, it tells us a few signs. Uh, if you could follow along with me tonight, and we'll see what we can find in Scripture. Um, number one, we see the condition of the world. The condition of the world, uh, when he makes an entrance, uh, the world will be a terrible, uh, more in terrible moral condition. You say, well, preacher, it's already there. It is. It's terribly moral. But whatever we can compare now, when that time comes, it'll be a lot worse. Amen. Amen. We see, uh, now, now this is evidenced by two passages in scripture. That refer to the end times. Uh, Luke chapter number 17. Uh, and uh, I want to read a scripture there. Uh, the Bible tells us about something that we need to know. Uh, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 26. Uh, and verse 27 the Bible says. And as it was in the days of Noah. Noe, and that's Noah. So shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noe entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. So it tells about a time when all of that took place and it was in the days of Noah. The days of Noah. Well, you say, I don't understand what happened in the days of Noah. Of Noah. Well, there's a lot of stuff that happened in the days of Noah. There was uh, women marrying women. There was men marrying men. Uh, there were people committing adultery. Uh, there was all of this stuff coming on uh, in the days of Noah. And God sent Noah to work on a boat. And He said, build that boat uh, and preach from that boat for 120 years. Uh, and then uh, I will destroy the world with water. Let me tell you, they have never, they had never seen rain. Uh, they didn't believe Noah. Remember what I said? Uh, Noah picked the same banjo string uh, for many years, for 120 years. Uh, he picked that same string. It's gonna rain, it's gonna rain, it's gonna rain, gonna rain, gonna rain, gonna rain, gonna rain, gonna rain. He did it all day, every day as he built the ark. Uh, and when the time comes, uh, there was nine people that got on that boat, and it was only his family. Nine of them. His three sons, their wives, and him and his wife. Is that nine, six, seven, eight? Excuse me, that's eight. Eight people that got on that ship. Eight people that got on there after he preached for 120 years. Uh, you say, preacher, how long can we preach? Uh, how long can we tell until Jesus returns? Until Jesus comes here, but friend, it ain't going to be. Uh, it is not going to be with water this time. It's going to be with fire. It's going to be with fire. He promised. He said, I'll never destroy the earth uh, with water again. Uh, next time it'll be with fire and brimstone. I'm not trying to scare you into being saved here tonight, but I'm telling you the Scriptures uh, and what the Bible says about it. And then we find in 2 Timothy and verse uh, chapter 3, the Bible says this, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, uh, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, uh, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, uh, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, uh, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, uh, having a form of godliness, uh, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away, the Bible says. 
From such turn away. Now, now it's easy to see our world already bears the marks that suggest a, a fulfillment of these conditions. It says that, that they'll be lovers of themselves, boasters and covenants, uh, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Oh my. They have a form of godliness all around us. Everybody wants to claim they're Christians. But there's no, there's no God in them. There's no God in them now. We see the condition of the world there. I tell you, friends, time is short. Time is short. What else do we see? Well, we see the corruption. The corruption of religion here. The corruption of religion. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians. Uh, now, we're going to be all over the Bible, and I told you that. Uh, 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2, uh, the Bible says something there. In verse 3, the Bible says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. We know that Judas was called the son of perdition. A lot of people believe that Judas is going to come back from the dead, but Judas is dead. Somebody say amen right there. He's dead. So you know what that means? He ain't coming back. Amen. God ain't going to use a sinner to come back and destroy the world. I don't believe it. I don't know about you, but I don't believe it. The corruption of religion, uh, this verse tells us that the Antichrist uh, will appear during a time of religious apostasy, which means abandonment from religion. A religious apostrophe, the Bible calls it a falling away. Now I want you to know something this evening, uh, that when the Bible calls it a falling away, it's not talking about the sinners falling away from coming to the house of God. It's talking about the saints uh, who are born again, uh, who are changed, uh, who are living for God, uh, of backsliding and falling away and not wanting to come uh, to the house of God. Hey, the last thing I have to say to all of you in here this evening is I would not be a help to bring the Antichrist into the scene. You know what I mean by that? It means I would show up to church every time. The Bible says in 10.25 of the book of Hebrews uh, that so much more the day approaching. We're supposed to assemble ourselves together and so much more the day as we see the day approaching. Hey, I tell you this evening, friend, uh, it's not about coming to church uh, because I have to. Uh, it's because I want to come to church. I come to church because I'm saved. Uh, I don't come to, I didn't, listen, the church ain't going to save you. Coming to the house of God will not save a person. I do not come to the house of God. I did not come to the house of God expecting something to happen. But I did come to the house of God expecting God to do something inside of my heart. When I look at God and I say, hey, I'm coming here tonight to get some help from you. I'm coming here tonight in a time of trouble when I don't know what's going on in this world. I can come to the house of God. I can find rest. I can find a place where everybody loves one another we're in unity we can get along and we can care about each other because the world don't care about you yeah man I tell you it's the condition of the world and it is the simple facts of the corruption of religion it's going to draw the Antichrist in a time of apostasy. The Bible calls it a falling away in churches. Churches will depart from the doctrines of the Word of God. What do you mean, preacher? That don't make no sense, the doctrines of the Word of God. Well, let me go through them. Separation. Holiness. 
modesty, hypocritical, and etc. We can go on through that. That's the doctrines of the Bible. That's the whole counsel of God which Paul told us, Paul told us to preach. Yeah, man, let me tell you something. It matters. You say, all oh, this kind of stuff don't matter anymore. That's old time ways. No, friend. That's the ways when God was moving throughout this world. God was closer to America than He had ever been. We've moved away from that and we see God moving away from America. Hey, it's the stuff of old times that matters. Uh, Jeremiah said, I'll stick with the old paths. Yeah, man, I'm going to stick with the old paths. As long as I stand behind this pulpit, it will be preached hard, uh, preached strong, uh, because God wants that in this day and this hour. If nobody else will stand up for these kids, uh, nobody else will stand up for anything, we'll guard the gate up here at Mountain Valley. Yeah, man, we'll guard the gate for the kids of the future, for ones who can still stand tall, who God still calls. I feel God all over this, friend. I got cold chills. Uh, for the facts that when God still calls preachers, uh, when God still calls missionaries, uh, when God still calls preachers' wives uh, and missionaries' wives, uh, it can happen here if it can't happen anywhere else. Well, we got to raise them up. We gotta raise them up in this place. Listen, I believe firmly, uh, this is what I believe. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be 50 years or 100 years or 2 years or 5 seconds uh, until God splits the eastern sky and Jesus comes appearing on a cloud. I don't know, but I'm gonna prepare and preach like it's gonna be 100 years or 2 seconds. Either way, I'm gonna preach it like that. Listen, here's the facts of what we need to get into uh, this day and this hour. Me personally as your pastor, I do not believe in me retiring Retiring or leaving this church, let me say this, retiring or dying from this church and you having to go out and call another preacher in. I don't believe in that. I believe if I die from this church or retire from this church, somebody in this church should take the pulpit. You say, what do you mean, preacher? That's crazy. That's not right. No, I believe that. Listen, Elijah raised up Elisha. Passed the mantle to him. I believe these kids in here, I believe God's going to call them to preach one day. I believe it. And when that happens, I need to take them up under my wing and teach them the ways of God. Teach them how it is to be a pastor, how it is to be a preacher, how it is to go with God. When I go to account meeting, they come in with me. You say, because they should do everything for you? No. When they get their license, they're going to drive me. Amen. Somebody say amen to that. Why? Why, preacher? Why would that happen? Because they need to raise up and know. Let me tell you what Elisha done for Elijah. Everything. Everything. man named Sammy Allen, pastor of Concord Baptist Church. This man drove him around to meetings for six years solid. Every meeting. Uh, if you know Sammy Allen, he was in a meeting every week. All over the world. Drove him to meetings. He never, this is what Sammy Allen said in his quote, I never had to touch my coat. He done it. Now, the pastor, Sammy Allen, he had to show himself. Proved before God first though. What do you mean? Sammy Allen woke up every morning at 4 o'clock sharp in the hotel room. He would go in the bathroom. The door would be cracked this much. He would go in there and he would pray till about 9 o'clock. He said, that's a lot of praying. It is a lot of praying. I mean, it challenges us all. He would go in there and he would pray to God for five hours. When he got back, when he got out of the bathroom, 
Said the man would already have him breakfast foot fixed. He would go in there. He would eat. Then the boy, the man, would read to him scriptures for two or three solid hours. Said it would be about three or four o'clock at this time. Two, three, four, somewhere around there. Said he'd go back, he'd go back in the bathroom and he'd pray until it was time to get ready for meeting. And then he would go to meeting. Hey, that's a godly man. I'm talking about the days especially when he had to preach. When it was time for him to preach, he was going to be prepared before he got up there and preached to the bride of Christ. He was going to do something about it. This man was a man of God. I, I met Sammy Allen a few times and he told me, he said, you stick with it, brother. You stick with it. Thank God for him. He was a blessing. He's something else. But let me tell you, he always, he did tell me every time I seen him, you keep your knees worn out. And I failed. But God's gracious. And we can start now. Amen. It's time to do that. Because time is coming to an end. And it's time to do it. And these kids need to know and see it. If Elisha never sees me doing it, praying beside my bed. If Elisha never sees me reading my Bible, what's going to make him want to do it? Nothing. He ain't going to have no drive. Mommy and daddy don't do it. He ain't going to do it. God help us. Raise up a generation, whether it be inside the church, that will impact outside of the church. It's different. The thing today is that today's churches have just fallen away from basic biblical doctrines of the Bible. They live under the umbrella of Christianity. What do you mean? It's okay that I'm, I live this way. I'm saved. It's okay. They, they have liberality to sin. They believe in that kind of stuff. Liberty to sin. Fallen from grace. There's always grace from everything. I'm saved. I can sin. Nah. It's not how it works. God did not make it like that. Today's church are marked by a rapid departure from the foundational truths of Christianity. The beginning. The foundation of it. You know what the foundation was? Christ. They're falling away from that. They're even falling away from that. There was a time when if, when if a man said he was a Christian, uh, you knew what he believed immediately. Maybe a few doctrinal differences. Might have had a few doctrinal differences. For the most part, he believed in the virgin birth. He believed in Calvary. He believed that God died and shed all of His blood. Jesus died, shed all of His blood, went to the tomb, uh, and rose on the third day. But now you can't even see that. People don't even necessarily believe that. The, um, you know, people now, they just believe uh, um, that, that whatever. They believe whatever they want to do to make themselves feel good. In their sin. And preachers allow them to come inside their house and, and, and come in here and live a hypocrisy life. A life of hypocrisy. God help us, friends. I tell you, I, I mean, I'm not mad at you. The, the people today are just denying. They deny one thing or the next. They'll either deny the Trinity, deny the virgin birth, uh, deny the cross, deny something. They just deny it. Listen. It's not about that court. This is a great falling away. And COVID had a big deal of doing to it. Yeah, man. Courts are growing while genuine Christians, uh, Christianity finds itself under the gun every day. 
Cults are growing around us. I mean, all over the place. Just last summer, just last summer, the Southern Baptist Convention took steps to remove their doctrinal statement. Any, um, anything that would make the liberals uh, or the modernists uncomfortable, they removed it out of their doctrinal statement. Hey, God help us. Listen, it's one thing uh, when denominations have to take votes uh, on whether or not to marry homosexuality or, or to, rather, to marry homosexuals uh, or to allow them to be ordained uh, or to allow a woman to be ordained uh, or to allow a woman to do that uh, and run the church or deacons to run a church today. Uh, something is wrong. The Word of God nailed that down years ago. And God has it the way He has it, friend. Listen, if this is the case, uh, uh, truly we are living in a day of of hypocrisy and apostasy. We're living in a day of that. If this is the case, what hinders the Antichrist from coming? One event must take place first. We see the condition of the world, the corruption of religion. We see the completion of the church. The completion of the church, these verses teach us in, in, in 2 Thessalonians 2, 6 through 7, and I've already went through that and I preached on that on Sunday um, night. Uh, the, the, these verses teach us that the, the truth that, that the Antichrist uh, must, the church, excuse me, must be removed before the Antichrist can be revealed. Now, verse 6 tells us about the withholdeth. That word, did I, did I talk about that at all last Sunday? I don't think I did. Let me turn over there to 2 Thessalonians so you can get this real quick. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 6, And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. You say, preacher, those verses don't make a whole lot of sense to me. If you look up some of those verses and what the words in those verses means, uh, there's the word in verse 6 that says withholdeth. There's the word in verse 7 that says letteth. I look those words up and they are both translated uh, from the same Greek word meaning saying, the, the pronunciation of it is keicho. Okay? Keicho. If you look up that word keicho, it means to hinder. It means to hinder. And so the Bible tells us that in verse 7 that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. Is that what it says right there? It says in verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. So, so it tells us it's already at work. That is why we see so much around us and so much evidence. Amen. However, two, two forces are hindering him from coming on the scene. Somebody say amen. amen. The church... And the Holy Spirit. When the church and the Holy Spirit out of here, He's on here. That word hindereth, I mean that word letteth, and that word withholdeth means to hinder. Something's hindering Him from coming. Praise God. The Spirit is evident in convicting hearts today still. We've seen it Sunday night. uh, And in filling the churches to stand against the tide of evil. The Holy Spirit's still here convicting us to, to stand against that tide and from the work of the Antichrist. Uh, when will these be out of the way? The rapture. When the rapture comes, we're out of here, He's in here. 
Simple. It's worthy to note at this point that the tribulation is not from the church for the church. I already, I already, I already went through that last week. Tribulation is not for the church. I've done enough study to and reading to believe it's also called the time of Jacob's trouble. Matthew chapter twenty-four and Jeremiah chapter thirty, verse seven. You can read it and find it about the time of Jacob's trouble. It was told to Daniel that the tribulation was a, a, a time for Israel. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27 tells us that, but the verse is directed to Israel. Okay? The tribulation period is also known as a, as a time of God's wrath. You read that in Revelation chapter 6. A time of God's wrath and, and friends, the Bible is clearly teaches that children have been saved from wrath through Jesus. Amen. I think that's Romans chapter 5 verse 9. We're saved from wrath. Glory to God. I'm glad about that. Thank God. Uh, uh, some will say the church will go through the first three and a half years. I heard it. Didn't we hear it last night a little bit, J.D.? Uh, go through a, a three and a half years of it. Well, the facts about it is, uh, however, to believe this view, you have to uh, believe that many of the Lord's prophecies uh, to Israel also supply, apply to the church. All the prophecies that God said He was going to be wrathful against uh, Israel, He was going to come through stomping in the wine press and all that kind of stuff, also go to the church. Right? Anybody with me on that? Now, now I thank God we'll be gone. I'm glad about it. The Bible says 1 Corinthians chapter 15, thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. So we see the appearance of Satan's uh, superheroes. Secondly, uh, in our text there, in, in, in chapter uh, 8 of the book of Daniel, verse 23, uh, the Bible says, and in the latter time of their kingdom, verse 23, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sin, understanding dark sin shall stand up. So we see the abilities. Of Satan's superhero. The abilities of Satan's superhero. I'll read over there in Revelations in chapter number 6. Where the Bible says in verse 2. And I saw and behold a white horse. And he that sat on him uh, had a bow and a crown was given unto him. uh, And he went forth conquering and to conquer. So we see uh, he will be a man of uh, popularity. You've heard it your whole life right? He'll be a man of popularity. He'll be all this kind of stuff. Well, This verse tells us he'll be given a crown. Oh my, that is the people of the world will embrace him as a godsend. You say, that's not true. How can people do that? I believe it. Embrace him as a godsend. They'll thank the Lord for him. Uh, No doubt he will arrive on the scene uh, with a workable formula for world peace. I believe it. I believe he'll he'll be here with a workable formula for world peace. People's been bringing peace, uh, saying, oh, peace, 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 uh, all this time and none of it's worked. But now he's going to bring some. It's going to be workable. He's going to come in and he'll have a visible explanation for why the saints are out of here. Listen, I, I'm just preaching Bible tonight. He will be all uh, the world has ever looked for. He'll be there. He'll be here uh, all the world. He'll be popular. Be a man of popularity. The Bible also tells us there in verse 2, he'll be a man of peace. He'll be a man of peace. This same verse tells us he will be riding on a white horse. And uh, it gives him the appearance of good. And as they, as you already heard, Jesus will come back on a white horse. 
Uh, it also states that he will have a bow, but no arrows. Anybody notice that? He'll have a bow, but he won't have any arrows. He won't be making a war, but we'll, we'll, we'll be making peace. Oh my. I thank God for this study. I don't know about y'all. It can be seen in our, in our world today. Our world is looking for peace. Tired, tired of war. war. We're tired of war, but this world will embrace a man with a message of peace. Uh, beloved, let me tell you something this evening. Uh, uh, the world will never know peace apart from Jesus. Amen. Yeah, man, they'll never know it. While the world around us is in turmoil, the children of God have peace in our hearts. John chapter 14 and verse 27. Peace I give to you. Hey, I'm glad that he gave me peace in my heart, thank God. Uh, uh, you know, if you are looking for peace today, you'll have to find it in Jesus. You'll have to find it in Jesus. That's just simple truth. We also read he'll be a man of prosperity. A man of prosperity. Uh, I read that in uh, Revelations in chapter 13. Verse 16, the Bible says this, uh, uh, And he causeth all poor, both a small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, uh, to receive a mark in their right hand uh, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he, had, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. We can also read over in the book of Daniel in chapter 11 and verse 43, uh, where the Bible says this there, let me find my spot. The Bible says, But he shall have power over the treasures of gold uh, and of silver and over the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans uh, and the Ethiopians shall be on his steps. To be a man of prosperity, friends. To be a man of prosperity, the Antichrist uh, will eventually control the wealth of the world. Yeah, man, does anybody see this taking place now? Uh, he will bring prosperity to those which are in poverty. He'll bring that to them. Uh, and I believe that most people under his reign will be better off financially uh, than before his reign. I believe that. I believe that they will. Simple, a leader who can promise uh, and produce prosperity will be a popular man. Simple. What else will it be? It will also be a man of power. We just, we, over there, we just read it in the book of Daniel that it'll have power, but let me read here in the book of, uh, Revelation chapter 13 again, verse 7. The Bible says, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him, uh, over all kindreds and tongues and nations, uh, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, uh, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh, uh, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Whose names are not written. He'll be a man of power, friends. Uh, these verses tell us that the Antichrist uh, will eventually rule the entire world. It'll rule, he'll rule the entire world. What people won't recognize uh, or even care about is the fact uh, that he receives his power from Satan himself. He's the prince of the power of the world. Is that right? So the Bible says, uh, we read that in our text tonight in verse 24, and his power shall be mighty, but not of his own power. So, so humanity will literally uh, worship him as their God, their little G God. They'll worship him, and all this will be true uh, at the beginning of his reign. However, 
Bear with me. However, in the middle of the tribulation, the man of peace uh, and prosperity will show his true colors. This brings us to our third thought tonight about this superhero from hell. I would like to say not only do we see the appearance and the abilities of him, uh, but we see uh, the abominations of Satan's superhero. We read over here in the book of uh, Daniel again, uh, and, and verse 24, the Bible says, And his power shall be mighty, but not of, by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper in practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. They they shall... the he shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. Somebody say amen about that. The abominations of Satan's superman, Satan's superhero, the abominations of him, he will, he will attack the people of God. We read in chapter 7 of the book of Daniel and verse 25 uh, where the Bible says this here. Let me see. The Bible says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given unto him his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. He will attack the people of God. He will attack the people of God, the Antichrist. Uh, you say, how is he going to attack the people of God? The church be gone. I'm talking about Israel. I'm talking about Israel here tonight. The Antichrist will break the covenant with, that we have with Israel and attack them wholeheartedly. He'll attack them and not care about it at all. He will try to do what Hitler and what Stalin and others have attempted to do. He'll try, he'll, he'll do his hardest, uh, um, but he won't fail for a little while. He'll have them where he's got them, where he wants them for a little while. But it's that little while. All he wants to do is exterminate the Jews. Get them out of there. Get them out of the thing. He will hate everything that has to do with God. Friend, if you ain't saved here and you don't die before Jesus come back, you're going to be right in the midst of this. I don't know. I, I, I just want to get that out to you tonight. The Spirit is already at work today. You know, it's unpopular to be a Christian. We are told we must tolerate LGBTQ. Oh, we are told to protect the eagle or the spotted owl, but but yet we we, we tolerate the millions uh, of murders of millions and millions of children. Uh, yet 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 we we we're bigots when we speak about God. Yeah, we're, we're bigots when we do all that. No voice in the government, uh, no voice in media, uh, and all of the above. The church uh, is under attack. My gosh, I don't know well, what else I could say about it. The church is under attack. We're told to support all the other stuff. We have to support the gays and the lesbians and, and the transgender people. We have to support the abortions abortion clinics and all that stuff. We have to. Because if we don't, we're bigot. God help us. Amen. If they think they're ever going to get married in this church, they got another thing coming. Amen. Amen. That's the truth. It will continue to the rapture though. 
to the rapture of the church, it's going to continue. Then, when the rapture of the church takes place, they will turn their focus to Israel. He'll attack the people of God. He'll also attack the prince of God. We read there that he'll attack the prince of princes there. Uh, uh, the prince of princes. This is just simply Jesus. Hallelujah! If we could stand against God, to stand with God today against that crowd out there, uh, anything having to do with holiness, uh, godliness, or Jesus Christ will be the focus of his attack. He wants the name of the Lord gone. There's power in that name, amen? He wants that name gone. Uh, he wants the name of Jesus gone. Uh, the, uh, this where uh, I believe. Now listen to me. Listen closely. This is something you'll find in your scriptures. Uh, and this is something that is very all over the place of people believing today. Okay? This is, I'm going to tell you simply what I believe. You ain't got to believe it, but I could show you Bible to it. I may just do that. Just bear with me for just a second, okay? Listen to me. This is where I believe that God will raise up an army of young Jewish men. Anybody ever heard of the 144,000? I believe God's going to raise up uh, young Jewish preachers. 144,000 in all who will go throughout the world uh, uh, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now listen, I want you to understand something. Uh, I read over there in the book of, uh, uh, in the book of, uh, Revelations in chapter number 7 uh, about this 144,000 who will come out of the 12 tribes of Judah and these are they which came out of the great tribulation of all tongues, all kindred, all, all that kind of stuff uh, that you'll find there. But people believe that those are the predestined Jews uh, that will get saved inside of the tribulation. Listen, the facts about it is, I believe they are predestined, but the facts about it is is that when we read here in uh, Revelations chapter 14 about them, they're in heaven. Mm. Something changed. 144,000 were on earth, but now they're in heaven. Let me read here. And looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the mount sign, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Uh, and I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, uh, and the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping uh, with their harps, and they sung uh, as it were a new song before the throne uh, and before the four beasts. Uh, and uh, the Bible says, and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Now listen, for just one second, bear with me. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. They are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever He goest. Uh, these were redeemed from, uh, from uh, among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Now listen, I want you to understand something. The biggest controversy about these two verses, about these two chapters, Revelation chapter 7, Revelation chapter 14, is when the Holy Spirit leaves here, Gentiles have no more chance. Us. Everybody ever heard that? The 144,000, only the Jews have chance. But why does it tell me there in my text that it says all nations are going to hear this everlasting gospel? Hey, 
I, I won't ever make no fuss about it. But I'll tell you this. It says in verse 7, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the foundations of waters. And they followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. I could read on. My point is this evening is that this man will attack the prince of God. And when he attacks the prince of God, I believe that these 144,000 are going to be raised up. Amen. They're going to be raised up. They're going to come back with an everlasting gospel to preach to all nations, tongues, kindred, and so on. They're going to come back here and they're going to do that. The Antichrist will be powerless against them. Hallelujah. Powerless against him. He could not stop them. Uh, aren't you glad that even in the midst of chaos, uh, our God is still on the throne? Uh, I'm glad to know tonight uh, that when we all of this stuff is going on, He's still in control, friend. Hallelujah. The simple thing is, uh, is the name of Jesus is attacked. Uh, even today, it's used as a byword today. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, thank God. For that name. Amen. Yeah, man. Thank God for that name. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because He first loved me. Thank God. I'm glad. I love Him. I love Him tonight and I love the name of Jesus. I'm glad about it. He'll, he'll attack the people of God. The Prince of God. I'm trying to hurry. Y'all bear with me. He will attack the place of God. He will attack the place of God. Well... In the book of Daniel, in chapter 8, verse 25, it tells through his policy also, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken. We read in uh, uh, Daniel chapter 11, in verse 36, uh, there where the Bible says this, uh, let me see. And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God, and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, and shall prosper to the indignation be accomplished for that 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 is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of woman, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. Just telling us he's going to attack everything. We read there, we can also read there in the book of Matthew and chapter 24 and verse 15. Let me read this. Lord willing, this is where we'll be at next. 24 and verse 15. The Bible says this there. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoke of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth. Let him understand. Hey, man, I'm getting, I, I love these scriptures. I know it doesn't make much sense. I'm trying to break them down. Uh, in, 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 in the book of Second Thessalonians, uh, in chapter two, in verse four, 
The Bible says, who, who oppresses and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so he, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He'll attack the place of God. All these verses tell us that the Antichrist will break his seven year covenant with the Jews. He'll attempt, he'll attempt to wipe Israel off the map. He will enter the newly constructed temple in Jerusalem and he'll walk into the Holy of Holies and set up his throne. He'll walk into the Holy of Holies and set up his throne uh, and he will declare himself as God and demand worship. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. If you're here, I hope you're not. If you're here, you're you're going to see it. And by doing that, he will pollute their temple. How will he pollute it? With a pig. That happened about 60 years after Christ as well. And a man come in and polluted the temple with a pig, a sow. I ain't going to get into that story, but the sad part of all of this is, is the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that at this, the world will worship him. The world will worship Him. You say, preacher, where's that at? Well, Revelation chapter number 13 and verse 8, the Bible says this, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. They'll worship Him. They'll worship this son of perdition. They'll worship this Antichrist uh, that we're talking about. God help them. Uh, They will not worship Jesus, uh, but rather this madman from hell. Isn't that sound like today's generation? I mean, my gosh, all of this stuff is going on where these people are coming in, uh, and there and there's people holding up signs today that I'm going to hell and glad. They're deceived. They're deceived. Let me tell you this evening is that that's not what it's about. I don't want you to even get to that point. I invited another fellow to church, and he promised me he'd come tonight, and he didn't show up. God knows what he's doing. Well, trust God. He said drugs are overtaking his life. I said, well, we'll bring you into the church. Come on. He said, I'll be there, I promise. Well, pray for him. Friend, let me tell you something. Let me ask you something here this evening. Listen, who are you worshiping now? Now, like at the present moment, who are you worshiping? Are you thinking about where you're going after church? Are you thinking about what you're doing on next tomorrow? Are you thinking about that? Think about work. Are you thinking about anything like that? Listen, yourself, are you working, worshiping yourself? Are you worshiping the things? Are you worshiping life? Uh, are you reserving your worship later for something or something? God help us worship Jesus and Him alone. So we see the appearance, the abilities, the abominations of Satan's superior. Lastly, and I'm done. Read in verse 25 at the end of it. But he shall be broken without hand. Hallelujah. See the afflictions of Satan's superhero. We mean the afflictions, preacher. It will be sudden. It will be sudden. This verse says that the Antichrist will be broken without hand. Hallelujah. 
Thank God that's the one that's going to deceive the nation of Israel. Going to deceive all of the people. That's him. He'll be broken without hand. What does that mean, preacher? That means, uh, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham was heading to a city that was built not with hands. Right? Is that right? So we can reference the Bible verse and see that he was heading to heaven, right? Looking forward to being in heaven. A place that was not made by mortal hands. But thank God, a place that was made by the immorality of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was a man. Uh, he, cut, he was here. He sees the end from the beginning. Thank God. He knows what he's doing. And this man is going to be wiped out without hand. Hallelujah. This means that the Antichrist will be defeated. But not by man. But not by man. It'll be a supernatural defeat. Hallelujah. A supernatural. When God judges this man, uh, He will do it quickly and harshly. Amen. Defeat is sure for Him. It's sure. It's happening. It's going to happen. Simple. What else? It'll be serious. Not only will it be sudden, it'll be serious. The Bible says here in Revelations uh, in chapter number 19, everybody all right? Yeah. Amen. Revelations chapter number 19 and verse 20. The Bible says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire. Burning with brimstone. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a place I ain't got to go and they're destined to go. Yeah, man, I'm glad about it. He will be cast in there alive. Then a thousand years later, a thousand years later, Satan will be cast in there with him. Hallelujah. Satan will be cast in there with him. Oh, but, but, but. Let me tell you, when he is thrown in, the Bible tells us that the beast is still there. The beast is still going to be there. We re- I found it over there in Revelations in chapter 20 and verse 10 uh, where the Bible says something. I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, it says in chapter 20 and verse 10, the Bible says, uh, And the devil that deceived them. Hallelujah, he deceived all the people of the world today, but this is the end for him. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever. And then it says, and ever. Hallelujah. In spite of all, he is still defeated. Amen. A puppet in the hand of God is all he is. Amen. That's the truth tonight. This man, like so many others, found himself on the wrong side of Jesus. I'm glad I got on the right side. I'm glad I'm on the right side. And I'm glad I'm on the winning side tonight. Amen. I'm glad I am. Friend, listen to me tonight. Listen closely. Let me ask you which side you are. Which side you on? There's only one right side, right? There's only one right side. If you if you are, um, you'll never see the Antichrist. You'll never see him. Sinner friend, listen to me. I don't know if there's one in here, but listen to me. If the Lord doesn't come in your lifetime, you'll die and go to hell. 
But if he does come in the life in your lifetime and finds you lost, you will enter into the tribulation and you will probably give up your worship to him. You say, How? Well, Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse twelve will tell you how and why. All almost will do it. What are you standing at?